God. You are so good to us, Lord.
you praise you praise you heavenly father family would you lift your hands this morning and as they do in heaven every single day we cry holy 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 is the lord god almighty holy 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 is the lord god almighty whatever's going on in your life we have a heavenly father that loves us in the good times in the tough times we lift our hands and we cry holy 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 for great are you lord and greatly to be praised father we thank you for the hearts that are gathered here this morning that not one person leaves the same today as the as how they walked in but that the love of god would pour over them would transform their hearts would soften their hearts god so that we could see people like you that we could love people like you god holy 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 is the lord god almighty there is none like you, Father. Praise you, praise you, praise you. For great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. Would you say that together? Great are you, Lord. Come on, say it like you believe it. Great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Heavenly Father. You know he loves you. Your heavenly father is good and he has a place for you right in the shadow of his wings, hallelujah, so that no weapon that is formed against you can prosper. That is how great our God is. Amen. Aren't you glad to be here this morning? Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord? Our God is good and greatly to be praised. Now why you are standing i do need your help this young lady had a birthday yesterday this is jess brooks she pours out her heart for us and use the gifts and the callings that god has given her so she turned 24 yesterday and i'm embarrassing her but you know when god surrounds you and blesses the church with faithful people that seek after his heart and share their gifts with you, they deserve to be honored as well. So Jess, we love you. Thank you so much for your tireless efforts here in leading us. You are a blessing and we love you so much. Family, on the count of three, would you just yell happy birthday? One, two, three. 
<laughs> Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. Worship team, that was awesome. Family, while you are standing, we're going to turn our attention to Dean right there on camera one and wave at everybody watching at home. We know that the Word of God is true. The Word of God will bless you whether you're watching with us here live this morning, you're in the building, or you catch us at a later date. God's Word never fails. So make sure you let them know. Wave at them there. And when you are finished, you may take a seat. I don't know about you, but I'm happy this morning. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Not the anger of the Lord. Not the depression of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord makes rich and he adds no... Come on. He adds no... Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Hallelujah. Well, family, we want to make sure that we have the chance uh, to dismiss the kids this morning. That means little ones, you can pop up and head towards the door with Miss Karen back there. I don't know about you, but I am glad that my kids have a place where they come to get filled with the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We want to make sure that we take a moment to welcome any visitors. If this is your first time with us today, would you just go ahead and raise your hand? We won't embarrass you and make you come up and tell your life story. We have a couple gentlemen back here. And I know I met, a, I met a couple earlier today. Would you give them a warm round of applause? Guys, thank you for being here, whether it's just a stop on the roadmap as you go back home to wherever you're at, or this is where God has for your church family. Know that you are loved, that the word of God is true, and you will find that here in this place. Amen. Pastor Mike and Beth are out of town today. They are visiting the state of Colorado. You know, you know, Colorado may be nice, but God's not done with us here in California. Amen. We have the best weather, the best beaches, and really the best people, right, sitting here today with us, but we, uh, we know they're on vacation, having some time to relax and regroup, and Colorado is a beautiful state. You know that everything that God makes is good. <laughs> so we're glad that they're enjoying it. They'll be back with us next Sunday. So I have a few announcements for us. Uh, ladies, uh, Pastor Beth is still holding Friday prayer meetings while out of town. That's on Facebook at 9 a.m. You can join that group. It's a short time of prayer in both teaching, and I know it's been a blessing to the women that have been involved. So make sure you join them uh, for that. Um, we have a few extra events coming up this month. Now, because I get to hang out with the youth and young adults, uh, I didn't put this in the bulletin, or it's in the bulletin, but not in the announcement slides for today, but not this coming Friday, but the Friday after. We have a huge Nerf tournament here at the church for the youth and young adults, so make sure uh, if they've been with us in the past, it's always fun to get to, you know, pelt your buddy with a Nerf dart. That's always a good thing, and sometimes your, your youth pastor plays, and he gets shot as well. So that's always fun to get to aim at people uh, that teach you every Sunday and every Friday. So make sure your youth and young adults join us for that. Uh, that's not this Friday, but that's the following one. So I'll give you more information next week as well. Uh, but we have some awesome events coming up this month. The first one that I have on my list is our fall festival. That will be Friday, October 29th. Uh, and that's always a great time for our kids. I believe it's from 6.30 to 8 p.m. Uh, they come. We have some carnival games set up for them. It's just a great safe place for them to be with their church family while the world is celebrating who knows what. Amen. So uh, bring them here for that. Uh, usually I think it's uh, ages 12 and under, but family, you are welcome to come be part of that as well and just enjoy being together. Uh, we have a financial seminar coming up on October 23rd at 8.30 a.m. Say, that's a Saturday, Chip. 
<laughs> at 8.30 a.m. on a Saturday. But no, uh, 8.30 a.m., uh, it goes to about noon, I believe. It's a financial seminar. Uh, we're going to have some financial planners that will be with us uh, that are experts in the area uh, that will kind of lead us in uh, wealth planning, tax, and estate issues, and they'll be discussing some of the latest uh changes uh, to avoid any pitfalls that you may make. It's a free seminar. It's a free breakfast. There is no sales pitch. Say, thank, thank you, Jesus. Right? They're not going to try to sell you anything at the end of it, but it's strictly so that uh, you can be built up with a wealth of knowledge from people that have been successful in the industry, and they also love their Heavenly Father. Amen? So make sure you sign up for that so we can know how much uh, breakfast to buy for you guys. You can register on the church website at foothillfamily.com. And the last thing we have today, uh, we're blessed to have uh, Brother Keith Hershey with us this morning. Everybody give him a round of applause. Keith and my family, if we hang out more than twice, we're really family. So we're, you are part of this church body, you're part of this family. We are so glad to have you with us today. For those of you that may not know, Brother Keith uh, and his wife Heidi minister uh, all over the world, Beirut, Guatemala, Ghana, Africa, and Central America. They also have uh, a mission church just north of L.A. Uh, so we want to make sure that if you've, uh, uh, you're here with us, you know Brother Keith, you have the ability to sow into his ministry as well and the offering that's coming up as well. And just know that when you give uh, into ministries that our pastors bring before you that you are sowing into good ground. Amen. Uh, Brother Keith has been faithful to be with us and has been faithful in the ministry for many, many years. And you know, you can judge a tree by its fruit. And if you've ever spent time with Brother Keith, you know he is good ground to give into. So we want to encourage you to do that. Uh, we do want to give you an opportunity to give this morning. We're back to our normal way of doing it where the ushers uh, get to pass the buckets. Say Amen. Right, they get to because a lot of times we were kind of just catching it on the way out. But it is good to be able to give. You know that the Bible says that as a believer, that there's benefits. It's not a, it's not a trudge through the mud, but the Bible says that there are benefits in being a believer. And one of those benefits is that when you sow into tithing, when you tithe, that He will rebuke the devourer for your sake. That was a weak amen. Some of y'all been trying to fight this, the devil on your own for a little too long. Bring your heavenly father on board. Amen. He will rebuke the devourer for your sake. The Bible says that when you resist the devil, he must flee. Amen. There's benefits to being a believer. So we want to encourage you uh, to give towards Brother Keith this morning. Then also along with your normal tithes and offerings, you have the ability to give that with the envelopes in the seat back. And then also uh, the tithing slides should be up on the um, overhead as well. Family, let's pray. God, you are so good. It's an honor to be here, to be with church family, to have the things in this life. God, that we would just have hearts of gratefulness, knowing that you are the author of good, and every good and perfect gift comes from you, Heavenly Father. So how could we not but give you our best in every area of our lives? Father, we thank you for this service. Thank you for Brother Keith, the words that are spoken this morning, God that lives are changed, that hearts are impacted, that your word would go forth with power and boldness with your signs following, Heavenly Father. We give you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you join us this morning for this one last song? Thank you, Jesus.
Praise you, Heavenly Father. Aren't you glad that he's a good father? Amen, amen, amen. A Heavenly Father that loves you, that wants to be there for you, to lead you and to guide you into all truth. Say all truth. Hallelujah. That is a good, good father. Well, family, while you're standing, I want to make sure that uh, we give a nice Foothill Family Church welcome to Brother Keith Hershey. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hello, everybody. Before you're seated, since we have a good, good father who loves us, why don't you turn and greet somebody or point to them and just say, God loves you completely, whether you like it or not. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Well, what a joy to be here today. What a privilege to be with you all. My heart's always happy when Pastor Mike gives me the invitation. So thanks, uh, Pastor Mike, Beth, and all the uh, saints here for allowing me to come and share with you. I uh, really have something in my heart. It's going to make you happy. It's going to thrill you in a deep, deep way. So uh, I'm so honored you're here. And all of you watching online, the live streams as well. God bless you. We're glad you're with us today. You know, uh, our world's uh, different, isn't it? Uh, life is different. There's pain points that sometimes we don't even know how to explain. Whether it's in our personal lives or just in our neighborhoods, our communities, our families, our churches, our world. And uh, we have to stabilize our hearts in the storm and not be addicted to this natural world system, but realize we're, we're children of a good, good father, and our citizenship, really, our papers <laughs> are in another place. Our, our names are written in another book, in another area, and we're, we're children of, of God's dear son. The kingdom, the Bible says, the kingdom of God's dear son. So we have to be kingdom-minded in the midst of this earthly environment, this earthly journey we have, and make sure that our worldview is anchored through the view of the Lamb of God, the love of the Lamb of God. So I'm going to share some things with you today that I think will encourage you. Heidi and I have been traveling, preaching. We flew in uh, last night uh, LAX and just delighted to be here this morning, but uh, I've noticed wherever I'm preaching, uh, the pain points uh, of people are, are enormous, and, and sometimes people don't know how to manage the pain points that they're experiencing, and it breeds contention and mistrust and frustration, and we say things probably we shouldn't say, we do things we probably shouldn't do, but maybe some of you can relate to what I'm talking about. 
I know in my own life, uh, I can definitely testify of, of these kind of pain points. And so I want to put something in your heart today to really stabilize your life in the midst of storms. We, we may have storms and challenges and chaos around us, but it doesn't have to be in us. We can be, you know, like Jesus. We can be asleep in the midst of... There's a peace point in Christ in the midst of the storm where the trouble is on the outside, but it's not in you. You can trouble your trouble with, with the word of the Lord, with, with, the, with the, the, the promise of his love to us. And you're planted in a great place where you have phenomenal teaching. Pastor Mike, one of the great, great teachers really to me in the body of Christ. And you're planted in a place where you know how to implement the truth of God's word. So uh, what I want to share is simple. It's exciting. And I know it's going to thrill your heart immensely. So you can follow along in your Bible. Uh, or some of the scriptures probably will be on the screens as well. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the moments together today. What a, what a refreshing time. Thank you for the worship team and, and these beautiful, beautiful uh, singers who, who led us today. My goodness, my heart is happy. Thank you that we're loved. Thank you that we have a good, good father. Thank you that great... Are you, Lord? It's your breath in our lungs. It's your breath in our lungs. So we can pour out our praise. Father, whether we live in the United States or we live in, in a country in Africa or Asia or any part of the world, wherever we are, no matter what kind of government we're in, in this earth system, we have a heavenly system, a heavenly kingdom which gives all of us an assignment that from the rising of the sun, to the going down of the same. Jesus, the name of the Lord is to be praised. So we just take time and lift our hearts and lift our hands and say thank you for the privilege. We're appreciative. We're appreciative. Let the hearts of your kids be blessed today, Father. Heal hurts. Give wisdom. And we thank you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. You know, I usually don't cry until I start preaching, but I've, I've got a new one going on. I've, I've cried before I preached, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Anyway, God's good. Go with me in your Bible, if you would, please, to John's Gospel, chapter 6. I was reading this again this morning. Let me see where I want to start. Uh, let's start actually in verse... Let's start in verse, verse 48. John 6, verse 48. Jesus is speaking. He said, I am the bread of life. You know, you, you, my wife Heidi, she loves bread. She loves bakeries. I mean... She has an addiction to good bread. We were just in the Midwest, and she found this, uh, like an Amish store in the Midwest that sold, sold homemade breads, and she was having me try all these breads. She, she, but, you know, we have, a, we have a living bread, the Lamb of God. And so Jesus said that he is the bread of life. Your fathers ate manna, or bread in the wilderness, and are dead 
There are certain things that you can feed on that really don't fulfill you. It has no strength. It has no stamina. But there's a bread of life you have access to in every type of circumstance of life. It says, this is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. So says Jesus. And then he says, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. Can you believe that? Really? If you feed on Jesus, you're untouchable. You're going to live forever. He says, and the bread that I shall give is my flesh. Now he's speaking of his, his, his redemptive work, the cross. It's my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. Do you know that everyone everywhere has access to what Jesus has done? From God's perspective, Jesus has rescued the world. He has rescued and reconciled the world to himself. And Jesus is explaining that if you can feed on his finished work, there's life. Let's go on. Let's read a little further. Verse 52. The Jews therefore quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood. You have no life in you. There was a certain situation last night on an airplane. We were in Chicago, like I said, trying to fly to L.A., and we had a delay of a couple hours, and there were storms and different things, and, and finally we got on the plane. My wife was cornered by somebody who just was, uh, maybe you could say, uh, antagonistic, just about issues of, of whatever. And Heidi was just like, we're just trying to be still and be quiet. But Heidi was cornered, and I was delivered. Hallelujah. So I left her there on her own. But she, she told me later, she says, this, this, this lady whom God loves just was really harsh on Heidi. I said, Heidi, I know how to change the conversation and get people to be still. She said, what do you mean? I said to her, I said, you're so nice putting up and having this conversation. I think I would have said, you know what? Here's the information I have, my dear friend. He who has the son has life. He who does not have the son does not have life. You know, people won't, uh, <laughs> won't mess with you when you start bringing Jesus somewhat into the equation because they get a little, they get a little frustrated. You know, but this is kind of the frustration the Jewish folk had who didn't understand the worldview of the Messiah being Jesus and what his finished work on the cross would do. So Jesus goes on to say, most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat of the flesh, verse 53, of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in you for whoever eats of my flesh and drinks of my blood has eternal life. Really? Can it be that simple? Can being in the Father's family be just focused on your feeding? Could it be focused on just a gourmet meal? Could it be like going to the, your favorite restaurant, you know, ordering your favorite dish that's very expensive and having your favorite drink? Could, could, 
Could our fellowship with the Father be this thrilling based on feeding? Jesus said it is. Jesus said if you know how to eat right, if you know how to drink right, drink right you have eternal life. Then he goes on to say, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. I'll raise him up on the last day, verse 55, for my flesh is food, it's nourishment. Do you know, in our world today, there's so much discouragement, we need nourishment. We need momentum. We need strength. We need stamina. And it's going to come through the love of the Lamb of God. If you know how to dine. If you know how to feed. So he says, my food, again, verse 55, my flesh is food, indeed, my blood is drink, indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me. Now, really, can it be that simple? Jesus said, if you eat and feed of me, you're going to abide in me. And he said, I'll abide in you. Wow. Wow. You have the everlasting presence of the Lamb of God constantly for the wisdom, the insight, everything you need. And then he goes on and says this. This is what I wanted to get to. Aren't you glad I finally got there? Verse 57. He says, as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father. I love that phrase. See, this is why in the storms of life, my, my stability is not, not, not me. It's not in my capacity. It's not in my wisdom. It's not in what I have. I live because of the Father. He loves me. And he's given all of us life assignments. Purposes to display his massive love in our sphere. And every day, no matter where we are, whether the world's corrupt, which it is, whether there's challenges and pain, which there are, from the rising of the sun, to the going down of the same, the name of the Lord is to be praised. This is our assignment. This is how we go forward. So this is what he says in verse 57, as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so he or she who feeds on me will live because of me. He who feeds on me will live because of me. Friends, this morning I want to put something in your heart by telling you a story. A beautiful story, and I want to show you how proper feeding gets you through the storm when the storm consumes you and everything around you. I've had a couple situations within the last 30 days which seem all-consuming. But you know what I've learned? I've learned that in the storm, to, to preserve my heart, to preserve my emotions, which is very challenging to do because you're always bombarded by these natural things. It's based on my feeding. And it's the imagery Jesus uses, really, of communion. It's the imagery, really, of the cross, his assignment, his redemptive work in the earth, which is finished. It's a done deal. And now we live on this side of the cross, 
So we're not trying to do, 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 do to get, you know, favor. It's been done. We're not on a do-do system. We're on a done system. It's a done deal. We have a new covenant of grace. And if you and I can just be astonished enough and intoxicated enough with the love of God, just like we were during worship, and we feed on him, we're going to find the solutions to our storms. And we're going to see our victory, and we're going to get to our desired destinations. You want to hear the story? Let's go to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 27. When I was here last time with you, I told you a story from Acts 20. Remember that story? I told. It kind of ties in with what I'm talking about today. If you weren't here the last time I taught, whenever it was, you would love it. Because I taught about, in Acts 20, when Paul was preaching till midnight. And I said, what's he preaching? He's preaching Pauline revelation. He's preaching the new covenant of, 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 of the Lord Jesus. And it said there was a dude in the window, remember? On the third floor, named Eutychus. Eutychus meant good fortune or good favor. And he fell asleep. To Paul's preaching. I tell people, anytime you fall asleep to the revelation of the finished work of Jesus, you'll fall. You'll fall from favor. You'll fall from fortune. And it says he fell down dead. You'll live as though you're spiritually dead. There's a lot of people who put their faith in Christ and live like they're dead. They live like exempted from his life. It's like they made void the effect of Jesus' presence, so to speak, through their own capacity. You know, Paul uses the term like they fall from grace, where they think everything about the Christian life is based on them. No, in the kingdom of God's dear son, it's based on the lamb. You and I are found in him by faith. But anyway, in that story, we talked about the importance of feeding and what Paul did by going down and embracing him with revelation. We called it the embrace of grace. It always lifts you. It repositions you to have your mindset not in the system, but in the system of the kingdom of God's dear son. This story is just a few chapters later. This is in Acts 27. Let's look at this. This is such a cool story. I might just read for a while. Do you mind? Let's just, let's just look at this uh, it's about Paul's trip, his voyage to Rome. And he was on assignment. He believed, rightfully so, that he had destiny to go to Rome. You know, if you, if you live with, with a heart filled of heavenly assignments, it'll preserve you. That's why, that's why knowing where you're planted, knowing uh, your assignments in life, I tell you, this kind of fellowship, this kind of feeding with the Lord is so significant because it shows you your value in the earth arena and it preserves you in the midst of storms. It'll get you to your destination when you have heavenly vision. So you'll see it in the story. It kind of comes forth, but they were... Uh, Wanting to go to Rome, and of course, they wanted to go right now. And Paul 
the apostle with appalling revelation gave him a halt, gave him a pause, and they ignored the apostle Paul, and they, they sailed on anyway. Let's, let's, uh, let's read in verse uh, 9. Now, when much time had been spent and sailing was now dangerous because the fast was already over, Paul advised them, saying, Men, I perceive that the voyage will end with disaster. Now, that doesn't sound like fun. And much loss. That doesn't sound like much fun. Not only the cargo, uh, you know, and ship, but also our lives. Now, that's really not fun. But this is the prompting. This is the word. But it says in verse 11, Nevertheless, the centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship than by the things spoken by Paul. You know, in our, in our world today, you better be persuaded by the love of the Lamb of God. Because I tell you, majority, majority thinking here isn't always helpful. It's not always helpful. It's destructive. If it's not anchored in what Jesus has for you. And it says in verse 12, because the harbor was not suitable for winter, the majority advised, the majority advised, the majority. You know, majority, majority opinions uh, aren't necessarily what's best for you. You've got to guard your heart in different things because all of us have pressure. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed even in family life, people want to vote. And, and people out, you know, like... In our little world, granddaddy is always outvoted. You know why? Because Heidi's got those granddaughters. She's got them hooked around her finger. And when there's a vote about where we're going to eat, what we're going to do, you know, granddaddy is always outvoted. The majority rules kind of in some of the things. And so I suffer through it. But I'm, I'm just using that as kind of a fun little example in life. But maybe in your own world, you, you have things, even in your office, in your work, in our world, in our government, or whatever, you know. But you gotta, you got to guard your heart in all these things. So it goes on to say this. Uh, so they said sail. Let's, let's move on down. Uh, verse 13, when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they obtained their desire. That's, that's what happens when you're carnal-minded. You, you judge things according to these, these natural, earthly things. And, and you think you get your desire about what you're after. They, they set sail. So uh, the next verse says, a tempestuous headwind arose. And it had a name. It was like a, just a gale storm. It was kind of a northeastern type storm, says in my little footnotes here. But anyway, let's skip a few verses down. But they were in the midst of this massive storm. And let's, say, uh, let's go to verse 19. On the third day, we threw the ship's tackle overboard with our own hands. In other words, they're getting nervous now. Verse 20, now when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, that's, that's kind of nerve-wracking, and no small tempest beat on us, all hope, all hope that we should be saved was lost or finally given up on. Now that's, that's a bummer. You know, in our, in our world today, you, you may have situations with COVID, with all these things where they just, they, they, they count everything as finished. They count, they count everything done. You, you got to guard your heart with people's worldview about you and worldview about whatever situations of life you live in. All hope that we would be saved 
was finally given up. Verse 20. Verse 21. But after long abstinence from food, then Paul stood up in the midst of them and said, you should have listened to me. I don't know if you want to say that to people sometimes when they're, they're frustrated, but, but he, he, he was that type of personality. He, he confronted them. And you should not have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. Now, as you take heart, he said, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only the ship. Earlier, he said there was going to be loss of life. But now he, he, he got in tune with the heart of the Father, and he announced something in the midst of trouble. He announced, he announced something because he was feeding on something. Even though he was fasting, he was feeding. He was, he was fasting from food for natural strength, and he was feasting on the Lamb of God. He had spiritual strength. And he could say something. And he could say something radical, especially when there's no, no, you know, it's pitch dark for days. They're throwing everything now overboard. And now you say something to people who are troubled. But you speak from a different realm. You speak from a different kingdom. You speak with a different authority. He says, take heart. There's going to be no loss. Verse 23. For there stood by me this night an angel of God, to whom I belong and to whom I serve, saying, do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar, and indeed God has granted you all who sail with you. You know, Paul had an assignment, and because he believed in the assignment, the Lord confirmed it in the trouble. You're going to get through the mess. You're going to get through the chaos. You're going to get through the storm. You have an assignment. You have an appointment in Rome. See, this is, this is why I, I, I love vision. I love when God stirs my heart with an assignment. Because that assignment in the local church, in the body, I'm talking about for, for the kingdom that has a kingdom purpose. I mean, it can be, it can be exterior. Not, it doesn't have to be in the four walls of the church. But what I'm saying is our life assignments that in, have, have a kingdom attachment to it. it it's powerful. And it will preserve you. I've reminded the Lord at times in storms about my assignments that he gave me. And it's preserved me. It's preserved me. Look at this. He goes on to say, uh, verse 25. Therefore, take heart, men, for I believe God, and it will be just as it was told me. However, we must run aground on a certain island. In other words, to, to do what God has for you, there, there, there are storms, there's trouble, there's people against you, there's, there's, there's kingdoms of this earth against you, kingdoms of darkness against you. But we have to understand where we're going and what the Lord assigns us. So in verse um, 27, let's just read this quickly. And when the 14th night had come, and they were driven up and down from the Adriatic Sea, about midnight, the sailors sensed that they were drawing near some land. They took some soundings and found it to be 20 fathoms. When they'd gone a little further, they took soundings again and found it to be 15 fathoms. Then fearing, lest we should run aground on the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for day to come. Have you ever been like that? 
just prayed, God, let me, let me see a new day. This is the kind of fear that's gripping the crew. So look at, look at it. It says, this is what I love. And as the sailors were seeking to escape from the ship, I tell you, people will drink themselves dizzy. They will escape in any possible way. They will make up whatever they have to make up not to face the issues of their life and their decisions. But it says, when they were trying to escape, when they had let down the skiff into the sea, under pretense, it was false pretense, of putting out anchors from the prow, Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. You know, pain points, storms of life, come to the point where you have nothing to anchor you except the Lamb of God. Nothing but what you're feeding on in terms of Jesus, the bread of life, the one who saves you and saves the whole world. If you feed on the, on the Lamb of God, you're preserved. Now look what it says. This is when the story gets interesting. It says uh, in verse... 32, then the soldiers cut away the ropes and the skiff and let it fall off. And as the day was about to dawn, Paul implored them all to take food, saying, Today is the 14th day you have waited and continued without food and eat nothing. Therefore, verse 34, I urge you to take nourishment. Now, this is what I want to preach on. Therefore, I urge you to take nourishment. For this is for your survival. That's what I'm preaching on today. Aren't you finally glad I got to the main point? Hallelujah, huh? This is for your survival. This is for your survival. But notice what they're feeding on. Now, we think it may just be their common meal, their common food, their common thing. But no, this is a sanctified meal. This is a meal with instructions from Paul the apostle with Pauline revelation about the love of the lamb. And he takes what they have and he, he sanctifies it to show them who Jesus is. Now stay with me. Look at the story. It's kind of cool. This is for your survival since not a hair will fall from your head or the head of any of you. Man, alive. If that can't comfort a bunch of scaredy cats, I don't know what can. But sometimes you and I have to be bold enough in the nonsense of this world system to say something and to lead people to the table where they choose to feed on the love of the lamb. The finished work of Jesus. Look at this. Now this is what, what gets kind of cool. And when he had said these things, he took bread and gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. What's that remind you of? It reminds me of Jesus taking bread and feeding 5,000. He took it, blessed it, and broke it. What else does it remind you of? It reminds you of Jesus at the Passover with his disciples the night before he's betrayed. He took bread. He broke it. He bled. This is my body, which is for you on assignment. 
It's on an assignment for you, redemption. This is my body. So Paul took bread because it's Pauline thinking now on his journey. He's the one that wrote and gave the instruction that's in our scriptures. It's Paul's writing. It's Paul's teaching that Jesus revealed to him personally. So he took the bread, he gave thanks to God in the presence of them all, and when he had broken it, he began to eat. Look at verse 36. Then they were all encouraged, and they partook themselves of the blessed bread, of the blessed reality that there's a Savior for the whole world. Even these guys that were hauling him off to his assignment to a government, a government system of this earth. He was going with another worldview. He was going with another mindset because his citizenship, he knew, he said, was in heaven. They were all encouraged. You know, the greatest encouragement sometimes I have is just to take time and feed on Jesus. Sometimes it's with a simple scripture. It goes over and over in my mind. Sometimes it's just with praising the Lord and singing. Sometimes it's with a children's song. Little, little children's song that I learned as a kid. Listen, I, can, I, I love to feed on Jesus, especially when I sense trouble and chaos and pain and death. I feed on Jesus. He who feeds on me will live because of me, Jesus said. We read it. So I'm going to feed on it's, it's, it's my It's my daily uh, priority. It's my favorite table. I want a place at feeding on Jesus. Hallelujah. They were all encouraged. Not just half of them. Verse 36 says, they were all encouraged. They were, they were all encouraged. They were all encouraged. Now, before they're trying to escape, before their, 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 their minds are filled with death, but somebody stood up because they were feeding on the right thing and said, not one hair of your head is going to be misplaced. You're going to look good, man, getting off this thing. <laughs> uh, you're not going to shed your hair through stress or strain or hitting your head against a rock. All is well. I love that kind of confidence in trouble. I, I, I love to have that kind of confidence when I'm in trouble. Because trust me, I've, I, I have my share. Whether it's the ministry assignment that we have around the world, I have, I have trouble you know, in the earth systems. Much trouble. Trouble in my personal life. Trouble in our family life. Tr trouble. Trouble visits me. You know? Why? I'm, I'm, I'm on, an, on an assignment. I'm just, it's part of the territory. You, you, you don't minimize yourself because of the trouble. You just don't let the trouble get in you. And you keep focused. You keep going. And you keep feeding. You keep feeding. You find your strength. You find your stamina. 
And that's the joy. So then it goes on to say they were all encouraged. They took food themselves. You know, people can come to a place, if they have a word, that they can have a, um, their own feedings where you don't have to help them. You don't have to serve them. They took food themselves. You, people can get so thrilled with, with a simple word, they'll stay connected because they know when they feed on Jesus, they're abiding in Jesus. And he's abiding in them. He said, he said. When you feed on Jesus, you have eternal life. He said, he said. It's, 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 it's so neat. Now, now look at this. Are you all having a good time? <laughs> this is a cool story, huh? Look at this. Verse 37, and in all there were 276 people on the ship. Wow. That one just like a rowboat going from point A to point B. That was a pretty good sized cruise ship or whatever, you know. Of course, they were carrying stuff. 276 folk. So when they had eaten enough, it said, they lightened the ship and threw the wheat into the sea. Here's a principle I want to share with you from this verse. Sometimes when I take time to feed on Jesus, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, I drink of the cup of blessing, and I take it myself. I take it myself. It doesn't need to be for me in a public service. It doesn't need to be a community thing, even though I love that. But in the storms of Keith Hershey's life, Keith Hershey sits at the table. And I pour the juice. I take the bread, especially if it's a good bread that my wife bought. Hallelujah. I, I take a, a piece of bread or a cracker or whatever, and I focus on the Lamb of God. And I get encouraged. And I get strengthened in the revelation of the finished work of Jesus. And then you know what I do? I take the wheat which represents the, the finished work of Jesus, and I throw it against the storm. That's what they did. They threw it in the midst of the sea that's raging. You give it an assignment. You speak the finished work of Jesus over the trouble points of life, the people of life that are bringing you trouble. The challenges of life, the friends, the family, the whatever. You speak the finished work over the storm. You assign it. You assign the body of Jesus. You, in, you assign the, the bread of life. You assign the wheat. You assign it to the storm. You put it toward the trouble. You travel the trouble with the work of the one. You travel the trouble with the Lamb of God. And when you do, something cool happens. Look at this. Look at the next verse. Verse 39. When it was day, they did not recognize the land, but they observed a bay with a beach, and they planned to run the ship if possible. So they let the anchors, left them in the sea, meanwhile losing the rudder ropes. And they hoisted the mainsail to the wind and made for shore. But striking a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground, where the prow stuck fast and remained immovable. 
but the stern was being broken up by the violence of the waves. And the soldiers' plan was to kill the prisoners, lest any of them should swim away and escape. But the centurion, wanting to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded that those who could swim should jump overboard first and get to land, and the rest, some on board, some on parts of the ship. And so it was, they all escaped safely to land. Isn't that, a, isn't that a cool story? In other words, they got to a safe place according to what was proclaimed. Paul the Apostle, who was presenting Pauline revelation because he was fasting from natural strength and feasting on the Lamb. And he reinterpreted the circumstances of his world with wheat, with food. And it had it communal in aspect and gave it an assignment. Friend, this to me is such a beautiful and powerful thing when we come to the place and recognize that Jesus is enough. He's enough. People ask me a lot about different challenges in life, different challenges in our world. Jesus is my all in all. And I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable coming to a place in life and in ministry and in everything where Jesus is my everything. You know the Bible says Christ is your life. He really, really is. And this is where there's great, great strength and great provision and great blessing. Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus is the one who provides everything you ever need. Jesus is your full supply. How many believe that's good news? Hallelujah. And uh, go ahead, give the Lord a shout of praise. Can you do that? Amen. God's good. So I just want to encourage you to keep feeding. Because if you're discouraged about whatever, and there's a whole long list of we can all think about instantly. Then, then we're too trapped by this, this, this system we're in. We got we to gotta be exempted in terms of our thinking by focusing on the Lamb of God and taking time every day to tell yourself the truth because nobody else will tell you the truth. Day after day after day, you got to tell yourself the truth of the finished work of Jesus. That's why you have to really, really um, immerse yourself and then all the storms, the troubles that you have in your life, because I know if you're in an earth suit, you probably have some trouble. You probably do. If you don't have it personally, we have it in our country, our culture, our community. There's trouble. We better know how to have a supply to apply the finished work to the storm. You know, that's what, you know, that's what the Bible, Zechariah, talks about, you know. That, hey, in life, it's not by might, it's not by power. It's by the Spirit. Huh? Then the next verse says, oh, Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel, what's, what's the big deal? He begins to talk, and he talks about the, the trouble, which is a mountain, and, and he says, you speak grace, grace to the mountain. Do you know how mountains move? Do you know how storms stop? You know how you speak to the storm? Jesus said, if you say to the mountain, well, what do you say? Well, his previous verse 
statement was, you do it with the faith of God. You have the faith of God. The faith of God is focused, really, on the finished work of The faith of God is, is built on Jesus. Jesus authors it. Jesus finishes it. So the faith of God is decreeing to the mountain the truth of the love of the Lamb. You speak, like here, you, you assign the wheat, the body of Christ, so to speak, to the storm. And then you sit still and write it out. And that's sometimes the scariest point in life because most of us like to fix everything. But I've now lived long enough that I just realize I'm, I'm here for a ride sometimes. That I can't solve people's problems. I can't solve my own problems. I can't fix uh, most things. But I know I'm on a journey. I'm on an assignment. And my assignments have to do with uh, revealing the love of Christ. Revealing the love of the Lamb. And the world doesn't like it. And the world doesn't like you. Being planted in a place like this. Being thrilled about the gospel. You know, we always, you know, we're so social media addicted. Everybody wants to be liked, you know, and wants a thumbs up, wants this, that, the other. No, Jesus said, listen, uh, the world's going to hate you. What a, what a bummer, huh? You know, I don't know if I want to sign up to be hatred. In, in, but Jesus said, no, if you're going to follow me, you're going to have people that do not understand the reasoning of the lamb. They're going to hate you for it. They'll probably call you a hater because of it. And, and this is why it's important for you and I as believers to encourage one another and, and, and talk to ourselves one to another about, uh, about the flower, about the meal, about the food. Just like when you go to a good restaurant and you, and you, have, you tell oh man, I ate last night a great meal, man. I didn't know about this. And you, you tell them. You tell them all the menu. You tell them the, 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 the presentation. You, you tell them, the, you know, just what, 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 what an astonishing... And ex- we have to get that excited about the truth that Jesus saves. That Jesus heals. That Jesus brings us to our desired destinations. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta find the thrill again with the gospel. We have to find the thrill with the assignments. We, 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 we have to. We, we can't be so overwhelmed by the storm that all we do is tell people about our problems. You know, sometimes beautiful people whom God loves have nothing but their trouble to share. Well, you know. Okay, but listen, there's something we can assign to your trouble. It doesn't have to, you know, captivate you 24 hours a day. It doesn't have to be fed in your dreams. It doesn't have to be fed in your thinking. You can arrest it. You can speak grace, grace to the mountain. You can throw the truth of the finished work of Jesus where there's victory into the storm. And you write it out. This is the way I pray for people.
beautiful. Are you all blessed? God's good, isn't he? Just put your hands on your heart. Father, these are your beautiful people. I speak over their lives. Take them to their desired, assigned heavenly assigned destination. Father, if they're in the midst of trouble, don't let the trouble be in them. Help them to preserve their heart. Help them not to be afraid. Whatever systems of this world are pressuring them, let them have peace. Thank you, Jesus. We can speak to the storm. We speak grace, grace to the mountains. We apply the flower. We apply the finished work of Jesus to every sickness, every brokenness, every point of contention, every bit of misunderstanding. Everything that has been said that shouldn't have been said. Everything that's been done that should not have been done. Jesus, restore. Jesus, 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 restore. Thank you, Father. Father, I speak wholeness and health and well-being over every person within the sound of my voice. COVID has no connection to any of us in the name of Jesus disease has no attachment to any of us in the name of Jesus father I thank you that we live out the length of our days without worry without fear and to prove it father we take time to feed on you and get an assignment from you for the local church we get an assignment in our serving we get an assignment in our giving we get an assignment for people it preserves us father help us not just to live unto ourselves help us to feed on Jesus help us to be thrilled with the gospel and father I thank you that every person with the sound of my voice can feed on you day in and day out they can feed on the love of the Lamb of God and friend if you're watching today or if you're in this beautiful sanctuary and you've never invited Jesus to be your Lord, to be your Savior. Just stop trusting in yourself. 
Start trusting in God. The finished work says Jesus went to the cross with all your sins. He shed his blood to pay a payment to redeem you out of darkness, out of spiritual death, into the kingdom of God's dear son. If you've never said a prayer to receive the gift of grace, to receive the gift of salvation, just say a simple prayer in your heart. Say, Jesus, I receive your love. I put my trust and my faith in you. Thank you for forgiving me of all my sins. I'm right with God. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. Friend, I believe if you can say the simple little prayer with a believing heart and you start feeding on Jesus every day, stay anchored in the local church, your life will be nothing but blessed. Amen and amen, I pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Well, sorry, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. You know, um, many years ago I was young I just turned by the way 64 so now I'm middle aged but I was living in South Africa I was in a church like this, beautiful church. Pastor wanted me to share. And I just wept. I was so embarrassed. It was weird like this it's it's weird I remember I begged God it was an earnest prayer God please never let that happen again This man came. Weeping. Uncontrollably. He said, I've never sensed God's presence. He said, I've never cried. 
He said, I can't stop crying. So I hugged him and cried with him. But I said, Lord, please, never let this happen again. God has never answered that prayer. And that's okay. I'll be out here. Love to say hi. Pastor, love you guys. Bless you. Family, would you stand with me? Just stretch your hands out towards Brother Keith. Father, we are so grateful for a man that has the heart of you, Father. To love on people, to speak into the lives of people like you do, Lord. We thank you for Brother Keith and his wife, Heidi, and the ministry that you've called them to, that you would keep them focused on the work that you have for them, God. To strengthen them, to keep them grounded in your word, in your truth, so that no matter what comes against them, it shall not prosper. That they would find rest and strength in you, Heavenly Father. Thank you for his faithfulness to your word, to your purposes and your callings for his life. That you would encourage him and strengthen him and let him know that he is a blessing to us and loved as part of this church family. Family, if you can agree with that, would you say amen? Brother Keith, thank you so much for being here today. Family, we love you. Be sure to stop by uh, and say hi to Brother Keith. Have a great rest of the week. Remember that wherever you go, God is with you. Jesus loves you, so do, so do we. Have a great week, family.